Hello and welcome to the Supply Chain Podcast. We're kicking off 2021 with back-to-back episodes every week, so be sure to follow to stay tuned to hear from the leaders in the supply chain. On this week's episode, I'm talking to Jonathan Wright, the Global Head of Supply Chain for Business Transformation Services at IBM. He oversees and assists organisations to implement technology to improve end-to-end visibility and bridge the trust gap within the supply chain. So today we'll be talking about exactly that, as well as diving into the impacts of COVID, the importance of data transparency and innovative technology optimization. So thank you so much for joining me today, Jonathan. Um, could you start off just by explaining your current job and kind of any jobs prior that led you to your position today? Wow, it's fabulous to be here with you, Emily. And I'm sorry for the intro in terms of my job role. It is just It just seems so complicated to explain, but I just help companies transform their supply chains. And, um, and I do that on a global basis. Um, so I work with some of the largest multinationals in the world and I've been doing it for many years. So um, I'm getting a bit long in the tooth now. Um, but um, I guess if, if you just kind of go back, um, I, studied, I came out of university in a grad, sc- a grad scheme um, in, the, uh, in the early 90s. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of it as late 80s. No, university late 80s and then into work for ExxonMobil at the time it was ESSO in the UK where I um, spent some time at the refinery and I did start to learn all around supply chain. It was a fabulous, fabulous time. I spent five years there. Um, and then um, in the mid-90s, I moved um, into consulting and, um, and I haven't looked back. Uh, and I spent my whole time working in supply chain transformation uh, type work, uh, which has been really stimulating because every single client situation is different whether I was working in Europe uh, with a company called Ose that used to do photocopiers, uh, photocopier distribution at the time when black and white photocopiers were turning into color photocopiers. Um, and I spent a lot of time in Sweden working with Ericsson and in Finland with Nokia at a time where they were the, um, the go-to handset for, uh, for mobiles. Um, so yeah, I, I then moved um, over to Asia. So I spent my my 30s, I guess, working in Europe, based in the UK. I then spent my 40s in, um, in Asia, uh, based in Singapore, working in China, working around ASEAN and Australia and New Zealand. Um, and now I'm based in New York and, um, and it's wonderful. I'm based here in, in Manhattan. It's obviously interesting time for everybody um, with, uh, with COVID, um, but we're making it work. And uh, in any case, it's wonderful to be here with you, Emily, and looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. Thank you. And yeah, I guess when you say global, you're really being global because you have had the chance to kind of travel around the world. And I'm sure supply chains, you know, are, are, are different in every country, which I think is fascinating. That's when my first boss said, uh, said well, if, you, if you're in supply chain, you should probably be in Asia, shouldn't you? And that was... Uh, that was when I got sent over to Asia to, at that time, it was really easy to manage supply chains. It was low cost country sourcing, air, air freight was pretty, pretty cheap. And you know, people didn't really worry too much about the environment to be, to be honest. So low cost country sourcing was the main strategy for most MNCs. So I went over to Asia really to help with that whole strategy of low cost country sourcing um, and managing the labor arbitrage between East and West. Um, now it's a very different world, right? Um, so uh, we can delve into that in a little bit more detail. Yeah, and I was kind of going to ask, actually, following from that, um, how has your job role changed since the impact of COVID? Because I can imagine, you know, there's been a 
new introduction of a different supply chain, kind of PPE and vaccinations. So um, what has been the main the main difference for you? Well, you know, this has been obviously an extraordinary time for uh, for humanity and, uh, and a really uh, devastating time for us all. Um, but in supply chain, it's been a challenge it, that many people have, have stepped up to. And, um, and I think it, there's a lot of people in supply chain who have learned an awful lot. In fact, I would say in the, the first 10 months, um, so through 2020, that's a 10-month period, we accelerated the ambitions around supply chain by about 10 years, 10 months, 10 years. What I mean by that is, is the technologies, the type of transformation, the type of working that we were forecasting might take place five to 10 years out is happening now. Um, and you can see that in, in many areas of technology, in medicine, in education, um, and, and just the, the citizen, the customer experience um, has just been accelerated to a completely new level. So for us in supply chain, and many of the people listening to your podcast, I think you, you'll recognize that we've challenged the orthodoxies of the past, and we've really, really looked to, to what the next generation solutions might be. Um, I think it was Plato that said, um, necessity is the mother of all innovation. I really sort of apply that to, to this situation where you know we had to respond and, and it's incredible the, the way the supply chain professionals roll their sleeves up, work 24-7, made sure that we had product on the shelves and, um, and of course in the vaccine distribution, vaccine manufacturing really challenged the norms of the past um, and came up with new ways of working. So for me personally, my role has changed from being you know quite sort of stable types of process implementations to really thinking about bringing new AI, new solutions to be rapidly deployed with clients. Um, and, um, and then more, more recently, spending a lot more time on the vaccine distribution and focusing on how to help clients with the vaccine distribution. Yeah, and I'm glad you touched on vaccine distribution there because it's something I'm, I'm curious about as obviously this is all this is currently happening, it's all real time. So this supply chain management has to be on top of everything. And we also have to predict future demand and make sure stocks are correct and infantry transportation and all this. So what sort of supply chain management is needed in order to reach these in intense demands? Yeah, I mean, it's a great one to pick up on, Emily, because vaccine distribution hits, hits us all um, and affects us all. And uh, it is probably the topic of the day. Um, it is um, it's really important that we get this right um, to get us all back into some level of, of normality. Um, and the manufacturers have done an incredible job collaborating, um, working together. IBM helped provide a platform to support a lot of that collaboration in the manufacturer and really accelerating the, um, the innovation in the vaccine uh, process. Um, now we get to the next phase, which is how to get that distributed fairly equally um, across society. Um, and it's, it's a tough challenge. I, I wouldn't say it's the most complicated supply chain. If you compare it to, um, I don't know, let's say a, um, an Apple phone, right, where you have got um, the bomb, the bill of materials is huge. The ecosystem of, of suppliers is huge, is vast. Um, and where those different components come from and coordinating that global supply chain through to massive distribution um, is probably more, more complex in, in nature as an end-to-end -end supply chain. 
but the complexity with vaccine comes with the pace that we are rolling it out. And the fact that it's going from zero to zero to hero, right? I mean, you've got to go zero to mass mass distribution. Um, and, and in doing so, we're working with new partners, new parties, people who have not worked together before in the past. And this is super important. If when you set up a, a let's call it a normal supply chain, you can start small and pilot and scale and go one country to another country and gradually you will learn um, and your partners will grow with you and the relationship will build and so you get a trust-based relationship and the supply chain is exactly that it's a chain it's links all the way along and those bonds get stronger over time as relationships build what we're doing here is we're going from oh i've got a vaccine that's been approved to I've got you know 100 million people that need to be vaccinated tomorrow, and and the people have got to set that up in the U.S. Right, you've got federal who've got a big role to play. You've got states who've got a big role to play. You've got counties who've got a big role to play, um, and 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 then of course you've got the logistics providers um, and distributors, and then you've got the people who've got to administer it. And none of these people have worked together before. And so that trust doesn't exist. And so over, it's got to be built up. Our view is that, that technology can help build that trust and that we have a technology platform. We call it the VAN, um, the Va Vaccine Accountability Network. It's a blockchain network. It will allow all parties to see the right data at the right time. And it will allow these different parties to build trust in working together. And so we've made that available to, to the industry um, to really support and help accelerate the growth uh, and the speed that we can roll out. Um, so there's lots of areas. AI becomes really important in planning and figuring out who to um, who to distribute to. Um, so I look. I, I mean, I could talk a long time about about this. I'm pretty passionate about it, um, but I'm sure that you've got some other topics um, to talk about. Well, funnily enough, I kind of wanted to still touch on technology because it's almost crazy to think that imagine how crazy COVID would have hit maybe 10 or 20 or 50 years ago it would I mean we don't have the technologies that we have today um, to be able to rebuild and to be more tenacious so I'm kind of wondering how has technology assisted in streamlining processes in order to bounce back from the disruptions from COVID? What COVID showed us was that we had cracks in the supply chain um, and and those cracks had built up over time. Um, a little bit back to the point I was saying about trust, that we, we, we became comfortable with the fact that we were in a stable environment. But when Wuhan went into lockdown in March um, 2019, and then when we all went into lockdown um, months later or days later um, in, our, in our different countries around, around the world, we had a supply shock coming out of supply, out of China. We had a demand shock um, when we when our buying behavior suddenly changed. No longer were we buying a snack or a coffee on the way to the subway or to the tube, right? Instead, right, we were buying family packs to gorge on at home whilst we were on our Zoom computers. So our buying behavior fundamentally changed. Bopass, buy online, pick up at store, is now something you know, my wife, my mother knows about, right? Nobody had heard of what Bopass was before, right? So, you know, it, it suddenly these the, 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 the different supply chain impacts um, hit, hit us all. 
so what 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 we realized very early on was um, that that the 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 cracks were around inventory visibility were around real-time information were about trusted relationships back into the supply base um, and around understanding demand signals and when you look at that you know demand signals were historically based on last last year last month last quarter those were the important things what happened in the past was going to tell us what happens in the future no longer true you know period completely it, it completely no longer true there will be aspects of that which will come back but what we needed to do is change the way we looked at, at, at the demand pattern so ai became super important to pull out massive data sources were people at school were were, were offices um, in lockdown or not were, where where was the COVID index? You know what was hospitalizations looking like? You can use tele, you can use mobile pings. You can use all sorts of external data to give us a clear algorithm between what's happening in society today and what the buying behaviors will be tomorrow afternoon. Right. So, pulling that together has fundamentally changed the way we can do demand sensing. And so these are the small areas where technology is really helping. Um, on the supply side. Um, really looking at how we can share data real time. Uh, blockchain has proved to be hugely valuable. One of our um, retail clients um, is using blockchain to connect with all of their suppliers. Um, and, and in a way that it used to take a long time to send an email, respond to the email. What, you know, why is the shipment? Why have I not received my invoice? Well, the purchase order was different to the advanced shipping notice was good, different to the goods receipt and being able to align around blockchain. So I don't need to send the email. I got the same visibility as the suppliers got towards that order and that shipment. So now we're all working on the same data set. We can get to understand what's going on much quicker. So these are small, um, small ideas that have a big impact on the demand signal, on the supply signal. And then this control tower concept of let's get real-time information available to to the different personas that use it to the demand planner to the transport planner let give them information empower them to be the best human beings they can be and, and i think that's really important emily that we we focus on on in supply chain we focus on how do we make the job of the supply chain profession really good how do we make work cool right instead of having spreadsheet jockeys right who are just crashing data, crunching data, give them the mind space to add value, give them the mind space to innovate, give them the mind space to challenge the orthodoxies of the past and think about what would be, you know, what would be the best way from a sustainability perspective, from an environmental perspective and from a, a customer perspective, what would be the best way to, to reimagine the supply chain. And that that I think is right at the heart of what we're trying to do. Use technology to make the employee experience better. And when you coming into work in supply chain, you have a very different expectation than when I went into supply chain in the early nineties, right? And you know, because you've grown up, you know, living in a data rich world, living in, you know, a communication world which is is open and um and free. So Yeah. Well, I think it's really fascinating, like touching on the value of data and um, trustworthiness and then transparency and how that all links into blockchain. But I'm kind of interested um, 
obviously you mentioned about within the supply chain and the suppliers, but how about the consumers from their point of view? How can supply chains appear more trustworthy and transparent? Yeah, look, great, great point. I mean, the consumer expectations um, will go through the roof um, because, again, what to- what COVID has taught us is that existential threats are real. And I'm pretty sure that we were moving down the road thinking ah, that stuff's never going to happen, right? It, it's, you know, just pushing off a lot of, a lot of speak around, um, you know, trying to be a little bit more carbon neutral. But I think what's happened now is that there's this real focus that existential threats, whether that is from viruses, whether that is climate change, the need for us to take care of the planet is real. And supply chain has a huge role to play. Um, of course, from a becoming carbon neutral, looking at the whole um, carbon neutral, but also the, the recycle, reuse economy, and just thinking hard about the way, the way that we build supply chains. The, the, that will be consumer driven as, as much as it can be. Consumers have the power and they have the voice and they can influence the way we run our supply chains. Um, and, and I think when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the, to the uh, consumer, we also need to help the consumer understand some of the decisions that they're making. So today, um, clearly we've shifted a lot to online, um, online purchasing. Um, there's a lot of inefficiencies in that, right? And there's a lot of um, impacts to, to the environment. When we buy four and we return three and we keep one, or, or it could be even worse than that, there's a big environmental impact. Um, and, and I think we've got a, a, from a technology perspective and from a supply chain perspective, we've got a big role to play to make sure that the citizen, the consumer understands the decisions that they're making, informing them, giving them, giving them the information, letting them understand how complicated it is to manage the return and the reverse supply chain so they can make more empowered um, decisions. So, yeah, I think we're going through this volatile period. Um, from a supply chain perspective, we've just got to remain um, agile to respond. But in the same way that I said information sharing was important to the suppliers, so it is to the consumers, so that the consumers can be empowered to make the right decisions. Yeah, and this is something that I'm actually really quite passionate about is from I'm obviously like I've mentioned before I'm not within the supply chain I'm not a leader in the supply chain but obviously I am a consumer an everyday consumer and I feel like learning more about the supply chain I've understood that especially in the past year it's kind of come down to a public consumer level because we now have to understand the supply chain because we know that it's been disrupted by COVID and we now walk into you know our shops and there is a toilet roll we have to think, we have to question that and think, oh, why? I just think it's really fascinating because it, it's come at a time where everything now is so convenient to us. You know, Amazon did next day delivery, which is crazy. And if anything this takes longer than a few days, we think, where's our, where's our package? So I think it's come at just a really funny time for consumers' perspective to maybe change and realise the importance of the supply chain. Uh, hugely important, Emily, and you are, by the way, you are a supply chain leader because you're bringing together leaders and you're, you know, making everyone aware of, of the topics out there and you're doing an incredible job. So thank you for the service that you're providing. Um, but, but you're right, the, 
the the role that the customer that the citizen has is 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 incredibly important and and we have to make sure that that they that they have the right information to make those decisions and we have to respond to to that as well so you're right the visibility um it has become you know second nature right now supply chain um is 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 part of the language that we're living in and um i think that's goodness right um particularly when we start to understand how that is impacting the environment um how that is impact the cost to serve is 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 vastly different um and you know if if we want to have high quality a low cost we've got to start thinking about the processes that have been put in part in place over the last year have now got to be hardened contain you know and 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 have got to be improved right because um i'll give you one example one of my clients used to take three months to onboard a supplier in covid they got that down to three days because they challenged the the past and they figured out how to you've then got to drive that into the processes properly so that in the future it will always be three days and it won't slip back to being three months and the same in terms of shipping stuff we yes we can figure out how to ship overnight and to get certain products to you know to to a postcode the next day but it may be too expensive for the long term it might not be the most effective from a carbon perspective so again we need to look at ai and automation to make sure that we can do that much more effectively um in the future um so that we can create sustainable solutions that will drive continuous improvement and and when i say sustainable i don't just mean from the environment i mean that will you know be there and remain in place and become the new ways of working so that's interesting then do you think that post covid we can expect supply chains to be even more efficient and even more streamlined i hope i hope so because you know there has to be so much goodness comes out of the pain that we've been through um and we've seen so much innovation um over the last um the last year and i think that the the focus now on on how to bring technology into play um is absolutely just for the first step you know we've now got to go from visibility to um to predict to predictive decision making to self learning self correcting there there are many more steps that can be taken um i i feel that we've got this new horizon ahead of us um and i as i said you know the the fact that we have now brought forward and accelerated the interest in technology i think is a really really powerful um movement and um yeah i'm very hopeful for for what will come in the future i just we in supply chain everyone listening on this call has got a moral obligation to society to make sure that we focus on good tech right that we focus on um understanding the impact on the environment and and understand the impact on the employee experience if we get the employee experience right we'll attract the best talent out of universities out of colleges out of out of schools out of you know i'm hugely focused on um on a diverse population coming into supply chain with a really broad rich um um understanding of of different sets of experiences um so in the us um we're focused on on how do we get new collar 
workforce, right, that haven't gone through higher education, but have got rich experiences that they can bring into supply chain? How do we really focus on driving diversity, on supporting the black community, on making sure that we have you know, underrepresented minorities embedded into the highest parts of supply chain so that we can have a diverse thinking about, you know, the, around, around the supply chains of the future. Um, of course, um, male, female, again, again we have a, we've, we've had a disproportionate amount of, 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 of male domination in the supply chain. Unacceptable, period. Unacceptable. We've got to get to a point um, where we've got full diversity, whole remit, and, um, and then we will have true innovation coming through. And, and, I, and it's just something that I will be driving um, hard over the, over the coming years um, to correct some of the wrongs of the past and make sure that we are thinking to the future. Yeah, and I think actually thinking to the future, um, it's kind of what I wanted to talk about next was um, we've mentioned trust a lot and obviously this is a really stressful time um, for everyone and we, we kind of spoke about vaccination um, distribution. Um, and then I'm wondering if you can kind of touch on um, IBM's digital health pass a little bit here and talk about kind of what can be done after vaccinations to kind of build up, build back the world and the society that um, we, we all really want. <laughs> yeah, look, a, a great, a great topic. Um, we can do all we like within supply chains and, um, and we can build more trust across the, across the network, across the different parties in play. I talked a little bit about how blockchain can be used. We could get very, very easily get to a point where we're talking to a number of parties where before I take my vaccination, I could scan the vial and I could check on the vial, um, uh, the, basically the passport of that vaccine. When was it born? Who's handled it? Has it always been at the right temperature? When was it put in the fridge at the point of administration? And when was it taken out of the fridge? If all of those are green, I get a green check mark on my iPhone and I feel good just before the vaccine gets administered. We can provide that technology and that trust. At that point afterwards, um, after I've had my first vaccination, maybe, and then after I've had my second, I have certificates that can be put onto my phone, like a, um, like a boarding pass. You know, now you get your boarding pass on your phone. I have my boarding pass on my iPhone. Um, Health Pass is a technology that allows us to uh, create that certification that, it, that, that in this case, you know, Emily, you've had your vaccine, you've got, it, you've got a, 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 a trusted um, uh, certificate on your phone that can then be used um, to, to enter different, different, different facilities, to go to the restaurant, to go to the library, to go into school, to go into work, to go into college. Wherever, wherever it might be. And, and, and what we're looking at now with, with, um, with different, um, different entities around the world um, is how we can use Health Pass as the de facto um, solution for, for returning to work and returning back into society. Um, we also then have a huge data network that sits underneath that, uh, which will then help us um, with managing, of course, um, individual data solutions, which is why blockchain becomes so important, um, managing the privacy, but, but adding more opportunities um, back into, into, um, into life and returning back to society. So it's a really powerful um, capability and we're talking to a lot of um, 
you know, different countries around how we can implement that. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm so fascinated by the, this kind of innovation and this idea, because it, it kind of brings hope and a lot of, um, it does involve a lot of trust. And I think that when you hear about these things, it gets exciting to know that this is good. This is, this is um, now safe for me. And I feel like people, all they want now is, is just safety, right? And, you know, I think, again, it's about when, when we, make, we have to make decisions. Um, you know, there's a lot of discussions around, you know, who has vaccinations. I, I, I think it's just important that whatever life choices individuals make, um, that we have the ability to move forward. Um, you know, if I've tested negative, I let I need to let people know about that. If I've test if I've if I've had a vaccine, I need to let people know about that. And these need to be important um, certificates that we can then use to get back into society. Um, so look, it, this is hugely complex. Um, it it impacts human rights. It impacts you know the norms of of living of the past. Um, uh, you know, I just think somewhere in there, technology has a an important role to play um, to bring us back together, um, to get us back into into some sensible way of living, um, and um, of course, in terms of managing supply chains, um, so that we can get the right product on the right shelf at the right time, which has always been the case, um, and we can uh, be agile. Um, in the past, goodness has looked like low cost, low inventory. It's pretty simple. In the future, yes, cost and inventory will be important, but bounce back ability becomes really important. Resilience and agility, because as long as we've got volatility in our demand signal and our supply signal, supply chains of the future need to be different. Yeah, and actually, I think that's quite a good um, note to end on, actually, um, to kind of think about how important technology is to kind of rebuild this future that we have and how important the supply chain is um, to assist this because obviously it involves vaccinations and um, inventory in stores and stock and everything so um, I'd just like to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today it's been an absolutely fascinating conversation and I really appreciate all of your your insights. Well Emily it's been a privilege to to join you and your growing network um, and influence that you're having in supply chain so Thank you for what you're doing. It's really important that we you know, have a big community that understands the power of supply chains and how important they are in society. So thanks for what you're doing and thanks for having me on your show. It's been great. Thank you so much.